Hey everybody, it's Micah Rich and Olivia Kane. Welcome back to the Weekly Typographic, a podcast where we discuss our favorite type and design news from the week. Ah, such a great intro. Good work, Olivia. Thanks, I try my best. <laughs> we have to try to remember that every single week. It's really I think funny. We, sh- we should gather all the bloopers of every time we've done an intro and it fails. Oh goodness, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but welcome back, everybody. Um, it was, frankly, a pretty quiet week in the world of type news, or at least stuff that I found. I thought it was a very sporadic, random week. I mm. feel like every link we found had absolutely no relation to each other. But it was kind of still in the type and design sphere. Um, but I think it gave us some good content to pick and choose from. Yeah. Um... I mean, we certainly found a couple cool things to talk about this week. Definitely some like news of like things coming out in the world for the first time that um, will be fun to kind of spread around and tell people about. So I'm excited about that. The first of which, frankly, I have heard quite a few people talking about from a few different angles. Uh, okay. I've just seen Continue. it mentioned a bunch more and more in the last week. Uh, Netflix unveils Netflix Sans, a new custom typeface developed by, and we had to look this up, Dalton Mog. Dalton Mog. Because I'm American, I assumed it was Dalton Mag, <laughs> and we looked it up. Uh, we think it's Dalton Mog. We think. We only saw videos with European and British people saying Dalton Mog. So, you know. I can't I, bring myself to, to fake an accent on the podcast. And for those that are so confused right now, um, it's spelled D-A-L-T-O-N space M-A-A-G. Mm, yes. And actually, I've been getting uh, cool materials from these folks for many, many years. Since college, I think. They're a super serious foundry. They're yeah. like big leagues. Yeah, for sure. They do. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess I can't off the top of my head think of the stuff that they've done, but I know that they have done huge, huge stuff that you have seen. Yeah, they've done um, like retail work and they have their own um, fonts as well. Really big name in Europe. So if you're American, you're like, what's going on? That is why you might not know of them, but you should. Yeah, so... Uh, Dalton Mog, uh, I guess, actually helped the in-house design team um, to develop their new branding typeface that is custom for them. Um, for and, Netflix. For Netflix, right. And uh, I've, I got a funny tweet about this on the League account saying, you know, someone sharing it with me. I had seen it in the news or whatever. And uh, somebody said, it's a little mehvetica for me, but <laughs> thought you guys might like it. Um, which is cool. Thank you for sharing. Uh, it, it, it is, we were talking sort of a little bit like a combination. Parts of it are a little bit like Gotham. Parts of them are very much like Helvetica. It is a very mm-hmm. neutral typeface. Super neutral. Um, but I mean, they try to pretend like it's not neutral. Go to their <laughs> lovely anatomy image that says now streaming. Um, so Mike and I were de- debating whether or not this was a joke or not. I think they're being completely serious when they're breaking down the anatomy of this font. Micah thinks it's kind of a joke. But I mean, they give- circle they circle the dot on the eye and say enhanced geometry. <laughs> like that dot on that you eye. You know, it's funny, but it's I do like subtle cinemascopic curve. That's like a very cool way to describe that. That's how they describe the top of their T. Yeah. Um, and it matches the like subtle curve in the bottom of their logo type and their their like logo mark. 
That is true. Is this neat. is all true. Um, I mean, it, it's not an exciting font. It's like, I'm sure intentionally neutral so that it can fit in like a variety of categories of movies and television. And I think it does like pretty nicely looking at these stills they have incorporating with their things. I mean, it doesn't like make me want to cry. It's so beautiful, but. <laughs> but it's very usable. Yeah. Um, interesting how high that X height is. Oh. X height and the K well, height are I very mean, close. You got to imagine like they're. They're using this at at uh, a whole slew of sizes, but probably rarely large. Like think yeah. of the you know these they're using these in the images for the thumbnails mm-hmm. for shows, which are sometimes you know like on your screen like an inch or two big. This is true. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. I've learned um, so much from this class with Thomas. I yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome to know. It's interesting when you look at their Stranger Things um, logo type they have for that, that dot, the eye, and yeah. it's just so close to this, like the actual body and stem of it. It's pretty it's interesting. It's, it's neat to see that they play with it a little bit. Like there's more variety than in this article, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Which no, is that, cool. that, that bold weight is pretty interesting. Um, but the thing that I love about this is like, this is yet another instance of a big company being like, uh, like we need something custom. And I think that is so cool. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's really nice. People are complaining about it now. They're like, well, why does Netflix have to, like, we need another custom font? But um, yeah, we do. People, of course we do. And people that don't realize just how much how expensive licensing fonts is they were licensing gotham they're spending millions of dollars a year licensing gotham no doubt yeah um they're probably it's a much more affordable move if people are like confused as to why everyone's trying to get all custom there's a lot more things that go into it besides having your own look yeah for sure i mean uh, we have done a handful of commissions for the league and Mm -hmm. uh that has always been one of the biggest factors for any of the clients that we've ever talked to is like look, we are continually paying tons of money to license this font. Mm -hmm. If we just made the font that we wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, like our dream font, A, it could look however we want, but B, like we pay for it up front and it's an investment for 10 years. Yeah. No, exactly. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, And I I don't know. It's cool. All all these foundies are getting a lot of visibility because of this too, which I think is an awesome thing. Yeah, totally. So cool find. Um, I'm interested to hear other people's opinions on this. There was quite an opinionated article from The Verge um, that you can check out if you feel like uh, being a little cynical about the typeface. (laughs) (laughs) But I was excited to kind of see this and definitely interesting news that will kind of grab the attention of the masses. Something that might not necessarily grab the attention of the masses in America, but the masses across the world is Source Han Serif, the new open source pan CJK typeface. I am excited about this because of that article that you found a couple of weeks ago about how difficult uh, Chinese fonts are to make. Mm-hmm. And this is not just Chinese. It is simplified Chinese, traditional Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. And how many glyphs are there? Six. <laughs> 65,535 per, per weight. weight. <laughs> Multiply that by seven. Seven weights. You got your light, extra light, semi-bold, bold, heavy. Total glyphs. 458,745. 
That is that is half a million glyphs, pretty much. That's insane. In that, an this, open source font. This is only the second one of this kind of the pan CJK typeface family from that Adobe is, type. That is incredible. I mean, Adobe has a great history of making uh, both commercial fonts and a handful of open source fonts in the last couple of years. Uh, it's crazy. But like this is, I, this has to be the biggest. Serving 1.5 billion people in East Asia. What? <laughs> Wait, is that saying that there are 1.5 billion people in East Asia? Um, I think that's what that's saying. I don't think it's literally saying the font is served that many times. I think it's oh a yeah, new font. no, it's serving, it's serving, yeah, as exactly. in it's useful to the 1.5 million yes. people who Sorry are in East Asia. Wrong. Got it, got it, got it. That is what I meant. It is amazing. I mean, additionally, they have Western glyphs and Latin, Greek, and Cyrillic. I mean, this just what this is the epitome of. The typeface that is creating the what we call the global village. Like, mm. this is just amazing and bringing so many, like, serving so many people that has a huge demand. There's just such a big demand for Asian fonts. And I'm so excited to see this is open source, available. It came out this week. I mean, people might not be talking about it around your offices, but this is, like, a worldwide huge, like, mic drop right now. Yeah. <laughs> mic drop. I love that. For sure. This right? is, and it's so impressive. It, I mean, it is a beautiful looking font too. Like we haven't even talked about how it looks good. Yeah, and the, the site itself site looks good. It's beautifully crafted. Yeah. I, there's wonderful like sketches and graphics, and their video, um, kind of announcing how it came together, starts with a woman doing calligraphy, which I'm so about. So it kind of like brings it back to like the root of you know why there's not you know thousands of pan cjk fonts it's because these characters are you know really crafted and i'm just so impressed and excited and i'm so happy the world has this now <laughs> yeah this is incredible so i'm, I'm happy that we're sharing this too and yeah. you know what's neat uh you know i mean typekit has been around a long time uh and even typekit being an adobe product has has been around for a few years now mm-hmm. um but this, like, the URL is source.typekit.com. Oh, yeah, you're which right. Which is kind of, at least in what I have noticed, sort of a, a new place for that, which is kind yeah. of cool. Yes. Ugh, just so many neat, great things. Just a neat little thing. Yeah. So excellent so. work. So amazing. Proud to share this. And hopefully, you know, everybody else will share this, too, just so that, like, how what an awesome thing for for open source i know and it just makes it so clear how much we take for granted in the land speaking countries of you mm. know how many typefaces are available and the accessibility to actually make one you know you can't just make a chinese font like you can't just whip half a million glyphs like out of yeah. nowhere this is really people that are dedicating so much time and hard work i i mean i my how happy I am and gracious I am that this exists for the 1.5 billion people that want this. This is not something that just like is made just because. This is something that's in high demand, and I just think it's awesome. So well put. Really cool. Yeah. Um. On to the next super nerdy font related thing. This is um for all the people that have dabbled in the type designs, and for the people that have not dabbled in the type designs, we are giving you font drop. 
Speaking of dropping the mic, right? Oh my gosh, yes, perfect. <laughs> no, okay, so uh, this was shared by Mirko and actually also came up in the type design course a few weeks ago too and I frankly just forgot about it. Um, mm-hmm. This is a really neat like mini web app uh, made by, shoot, it says at the bottom, uh, Victor and Clemens Nubel. I don't sure. know either of those people, but it's a really cool tool uh, where you you drop <laughs> a font <laughs> onto this page, and uh, it uses some some awesome JavaScript libraries to analyze the contents of that font, show you what kind of glyphs are in there, uh, show you examples of like text waterfall type yourself, um, mm-hmm. and then like give you details about ligatures and what like even showing you the actual data that is inside the font, Mm -hmm. which I know from experience at looking at this stuff, like the data inside font files is weird and crazy and like upside down. Yeah. It's It's so confusing to look at, but this is just like a really neat tool where they're taking this uh, code and, and making it kind of useful and meaningful to see what's inside a font file. Yeah, it's awesome. I use um, a tool like this that is no longer available. The website just kind of stopped working after a while when I was developing my font. If anyone is this, if this is like way over someone's head right now. There is a page where you can drag and drop any font that you have in your library and suddenly kind of like very automated specimens start appearing of that font and kind of like showing you breaking down individual characters breaking down what it looks like in text um you can start typing and your font just appears i mean this is absolute resource gold for type designers first Mm -hmm. of all to kind of test your font live like right after you export it just drop it in there you don't have to like wait for indesign to think and then try to update your font while you're like looking at your specimen in indesign this is live stuff it's going to save you so much time and if you're not a type designer it's just kind of fun to see what a font looks like in text or even if you want to if you're trying to test out a font and you don't have a good um like server that does your test font font testing for you um you can just like scroll through a bunch of fonts drop them in here see how it looks move on to the next one just super good resource yeah and i didn't realize this but in the like table of glyphs that are in a font you know it describes what glyphs there are and if you actually click on them uh it shows you all the points um, oh my god You're and right. it shows you you know ascender descender baseline and side bearings Oh my God, you're right. Which is useful, you know, at least for for the type designers out there, people who are getting into that. Like that kind of stuff is useful. It's stuff you can see in your type design program. Um, but if you're, you know, trying to get some inspiration from an existing font or something, that kind of stuff is useful. Oh my gosh. I dropped in the font that I designed last year and I'm just like, wow, I really could improve on this craftsmanship. <laughs> hey, what do you say we do that? Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking to Olivia for a year now about trying to get her stuff on the league. Yeah, I'm also missing a lot of glyphs. This is just very helpful. It's very eye-opening as to how much work you can have. <laughs> You're like, let's change the subject. Let's talk about the thing. No, but it, um, it is super useful. I I love the uh, the text and the waterfall versions of this. Yeah. Super useful. So cool. Like, check it out, everyone. 
Cool. So the next one you found. Yes, I found this. I don't know if I. I think I actually found this on the Twitters, which is hilarious because I never find things there. <laughs> um, it's always you that is providing us Twitter links. Um, so Microsoft, Microsoft Edge. Are you familiar with Microsoft Edge? Uh, I was under the impression Microsoft Edge meant like their bleeding edge technology that they were working on. Probably. See, this is why you are the digital person and know what <laughs> R&Ds are. I mean, um, they, you know, they are still uh, one of the top browsers in the world that they develop, you know? What do you mean? Uh, Internet Explorer? Yeah. I, I haven't Not opened dead. Internet Explorer in like 10 years, though. <laughs> it's, but it's still a thing. Lots of people do. Um, I believe that, yeah. Plus, I mean, they are making computers still that a lot of people use. This is true. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I at least think this is like, you know, the their developer resources or whatever. Okay. Microsoft Edge Demos. This is where this next link is coming from. Um, they're talking about variable fonts and showcasing all the wonderful ways that variable fonts is just going to change our experience. I mean, they really pull out all the stops. They're like... Variable fonts, they change your optical size for you live. They'll change your bold. They'll change your italics. Look at all of this font and all of these different weights in one sentence. This is all one font. Anyone that knows about web fonts knows why this is very cool. But I'll let you kind of take this off as to why this is so cool. (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing that I, I haven't had a chance to use variable fonts in production on the web yet. It just hasn't really come up. We've only like talked about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, some people have, and I just haven't yet. Um, so this is cool because it starts with like a beautifully designed history of how we got to variable fonts, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. And then I want to bookmark this because when I do start using them on the web, it has little code snippets of like CSS that you need to make, to make things display. But it also has like these beautiful illustrative, uh, HTML illustrations where everything is part of the web page, but it looks like an illustration. The thing that is useful about variable fonts on the web, the thing that like finally made me come around to the idea of this being cool is that you load the font once instead of loading like 10 fonts or however many are in your family and switching between them with potentially like a flash of nothingness as you're switching. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all in, in the ones so you load at one time and then it's there and there is no flash of nothingness. And we, yeah. we like, we experienced this in redesigning the site for the league when, you know, a couple months ago when we were working oh. on that, we spent a lot of time working on a type tester because like they're open source fonts. We don't care about people stealing them. Let's just put them on the page so people can play with them. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler was a huge component of this. Like let's, test them out on the site and i totally agree Mm -hmm. but when we got to the part of switching between like light medium bold for something like ostrich uh Mm -hmm. it literally it you either have to preload all of those files uh which in the world of the web is potentially a lot of bandwidth Mm -hmm. um you know it's not like downloading a movie or something but it's for a website where you're you don't think it's going to take a long time and then it takes a couple seconds to load you get annoyed so like yeah. it ended up being too glitchy looking 
to switch between those different font files. And I was finally oh. like, we got to work on this later because like we need to get this site out. So that's why yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we don't have a type tester on the site yet because we hit that oh. glitch. And, oh. uh, you know, like obviously we don't have all variable fonts on the league yet, I guess maybe. Um, but that would that would certainly get around that problem where like you load the font once and it's it's a smaller file size to have the variable font mm-hmm. than it is to have five weights. Mm-hmm. For sure. And and in case anyone's confused why that is, it's because variable font stores the delta between your weights and the delta between your italics and regular. It's not storing a bunch of different fonts. It's just storing the change between each, which always is helpful to be reminded of when I start getting really confused by variable fonts. Yeah, that's Um, that's a great that's why they can be so small. But there's some cool resources on the bottom of there. There's um, a type tester that's just a hello demo by Mandy Michael that I've been playing with that like just has live animated text and you can type and it's just live and animated and the text you want to type too. It's crazy. Oh wow. Um you got to you got to see it to believe it, right? I don't know. No, oh, this is really cool. Right? Yeah. So I, I think they're also trying to help people understand how they can use it in different ways. They give examples of it on Axis Praxis, which is the variable font like playground, so to speak, that kind of first propelled variable fonts and even how to use it on Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. So um, it's just a big promotion for the future. <laughs> yeah. And this is a thing that I want to bookmark. Yeah. Super cool. Um, next up. <laughs> next up. <laughs> We won't spend too much time here. <laughs> this, this one's a tiny one. We I, I linked to it initially not to be funny at all. It seemed like it could be a, a cool article. And then we read it and we were like, wait, what did we just read? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was so funny. So it's an Ion Design article, which is by AIGA, like the very reputable graphic design guild in our country. Um, and it's, it's titled Type Designer Andy Clymer on the G He Just Couldn't Make Work. Um, and so you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of about like mistakes and failures and understanding how to design type better, I guess. That's how I came into this. Yeah. Um, and it's part of their running series that they're, they just started about rejected works. So I'm like, this could be really interesting. And then you start reading and... <laughs> it's it's and- literally, literally just like a couple <laughs> paragraphs about he couldn't get the G to work. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I mean, the the article ends, is it upside down? Is it backwards? What is this thing? That is how the article ends. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good ending. I mean, it's a good ending because it's not a good ending. It's really funny. It's it's like a stream of consciousness, like few paragraphs that they wrote about a type designer struggling with a G. Like, I just think it's funny. I don't think we should link to it because, like, this is weird. (laughs) And it, I, I wasn't, the, and I wasn't the only one that thought this. Mirko, um, our friendly correspondent over in Europe, was saying like, "I thought this was gonna be cool, but then it ended up not going anywhere." <laughs> it was like he he added an emoji of like bomb exploding, like so cool, and then he read it and he was like, "I have to demote this to like just a lightning bolt." <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I was really excited to see AIGA reporting on like t- like nitty gritty nerdy type design. I think that's what pulled me in too. And then when you read it, it was just like, oh, geez, a hard character design. Well, I don't know what to do with it. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I, we're not we're not trying to make fun of it. Andy Clymer is you know a a great designer at 
Hoffler and Co. And they make great stuff. It was just this article was just like kind of funny. Yeah, just silliness. We had to end to the show. Anyways, onto like a less silly but also fun note. Um, unless you want to talk more about the G. No, no, no. The next one's um, exciting. Exciting, Jessica Hish. Um, our we're a huge fan of her work. Lovely letterer and. I mean, just like kind of one of the best lettering artists out there right now. Um, she <laughs> announced her first kids book that she wrote and illustrated and lettered. And it's going to be available in October. But she posted her cover and her spreads and they are beautiful. <laughs> they are absolutely beautiful. Uh, and I'm, at, you can pre-order the book. You know, there's a link after showing off these things to pre-order the book. Uh, I kind of want to get it just because it's inspirational. I'm not a child, but uh, it's just so it's so beautifully made. And you knew about this ahead of time, right? I've I've known about this for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> I've known this is a huge reason why I took my first job at Penguin. Um, actually, yeah, during my interview in June of last year, <laughs> um, the art director that was hiring me right before I left, said, oh, and we're working on a book with Jessica Hish. I'm assuming you know who she is. And I was like, "Uh, uh, what? Uh, Okay, uh, I'll take the job. Yes, please. Um, So I've been watching this book really grow since last June is when I first started seeing sketches for it. And I've seen that cover sketched. Like, it's, it's just amazing to kind of see this in such a polished way but um it, i've read the book like many times it's really beautiful and really inspiring and really just one of those books that can be for adults too um just it's called tomorrow i'll be brave and the whole premise is all the things that you can get done in your future and really motivating and sweet and the lettering is just gosh darn beautiful <laughs> and adorable yeah and my favorite spread is not online yet but oh. it's um my favorite spread is tomorrow I'll be creative and she I don't I don't think I can talk too much about it but it's a great spread. <laughs> <laughs> well shoot I mean I I feel like I should it's it's like $11 this book. Yeah. Like I need it, to pre-order it just to have it and see it and be proud I mean, of how you helped with it. Oh, I didn't do much. It was all Jessica. <laughs> but um, she's amazing. I met her when she was in the office um, discussing the book last fall. She's super cool. So nice. I was definitely shaking. Um, <laughs> but... Does she know this? Like, is this going to be a revelation if she hears this podcast? No, not at all. I was like, hi, I'm Olivia Kane. I really love your work. I'm also part of the League of Moobool type. Do you know this? And she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> But she was super nice about it. Um, and I just like know so much heart and soul went into this. And if anyone even sees these spreads, they just know how beautiful it's going to be. And it's really magical. It's a big book. Like it's a big picture book. Um, and it's something that we take for granted that like picture books have so much more real estate to kind of show off. But to see this lettering like up close in these huge spreads is just going to be so rewarding for everyone. So cool. I'm 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 happy to try to promote this just because I support all of this. Me too. Plus, I don't know if you know this. I mean, this isn't directly related, but uh Caroline, you know, original founder of the league. Oh um, yeah. I think 
Well, she's at least been working on children's books. She's like doing other projects as well, but she's oh working God. on her own children's book. So, you so know, cool. children's books are like an awesome running theme in the world of the league. That's so funny. I remember you mentioning that too. Yeah. We should talk to her about that. Yeah. Especially because one of the projects she's working on is, you know, learning how to be the best podcaster in the world. She's like going to school for podcasting and like journalism. We need to talk. Yeah. We have to talk to her. But I'm happy to end on such like a fun, cool, positive note. Super positive. That's the Um, good stuff we have for the week. I think there's just like so many things that came out this week that are very, very, there's just a variety of things. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the least eloquent thing I think I've ever said. <laughs> um, but I mean, just leaving on this note, Jessica Hish and how Source Han Serif is this amazing font that's now available to billions of people to use it. Lots of great things. I love it. Love it too. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for another wonderful week of the weekly typographic. And we will see you all next week.